Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Some of you may know we're just finishing up using this book, How to Change Your Life, of Ernest Holmes. And the last little bit of it contains one topic that we're going to cover today. And maybe it is that Ernest Holmes saved the best for last. Maybe that's one way of looking at it. But what's interesting is we have over 100 pages on prayer. So we're going to be talking about prayer today. Uh, Science of Mind has, uh, I wouldn't say it's an unusual form of prayer, but it's a kind of a specific uh, form of prayer. And I think that's where I want to talk today. That's where I want to start today, is talking a little bit about this idea of prayer and some of the aspects of it, if you will. Why we pray, how we pray, what happens to our prayers, what empowers our prayers. And so let's start with why we pray. Well, gosh, we pray for all kinds of reasons, don't we? I mean, I was praying just a little bit ago, just the side of the sun outside <laughs> had me doing a little prayer of thanksgiving. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes our prayers really don't have, a, what do I want to say, an intended result. Sometimes they're just from the heart. Sometimes you see something that's so sweet. You know, I was with some, some teenagers uh, this week, and that's an age group that I don't get to hang out with every day. And we had such a fun time together. And, and when it was over, I thought, just like God bless teenagers, you know? It was a little prayer of thanksgiving for the joy that we've had, you know? Very impromptu, and, and the teenagers had already left. They probably would have thought it was weird if we'd done it together, but, but who knows, right? We were having fun. I think we pray for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes it's just to connect to our higher power, right? Sometimes when we're in a, a prayerful place, it has no agenda other than just to connect in just to feel more in tune with your higher power, your, your divine sense. Um, other times, though, and where I want to focus a little bit today, uh, we've been doing this whole month on intentional living, and prayer can actually be used as a tool to help you in your ideas for intentional living. So prayers, when, when we have a desired outcome, maybe are a little different than some of the other prayers that we do. And I would say one of the places that science of mind, that Ernest Holmes has excelled or specialized, if you will, are these kinds of prayers that are intended to be effective. They're intended to change the causality of our own thinking and so that we can get a different result out in the world. And interestingly enough, they started out being called treatments. Now, the word treatment, you might think, well, that's kind of weird. Like, are we going to the doctor? Are we going to the acupuncturist or something? I'm giving myself a treatment. And I would say, yeah, you can't actually think of it that way. In the same sense that you might go to a, a professional when something is a, a little uh, uh, cockeyed or hinky on the outside, right? If you need a, a spine alignment, a treatment at the chiropractor might be called for. If, you, if uh, you're having trouble with your nutrition, you know, a, a, a good set of... Of, uh, nutritional guidelines from uh, from someone who's that their specialty that might be uh, worthwhile and I would say sometimes our metaphysical nature is out of whack too by that I would say that sometimes just our thinking 
is out of whack. And sometimes it's me, just as an individual. Sometimes I have a a crazy idea that is actually harming me in the world. And sometimes I think, as a society, we get some crazy ideas around the the proprietariness of natural resources or whatever it is. And even as a group or as as a country, we start getting ideas that actively hurt us. That's where the metaphysical treatment comes in. That's where this specific kind of affirmative prayer can help us. It was specifically designed in a way to elicit a response. And we're going to talk for a minute about that response. But the idea is through doing an affirmative prayer, we will be able, as Sharon says most Sundays, right? If we change our thinking, we're going to change our life. Well, how do we go about changing our thinking? The affirmative prayer, this mental treatment, is one of the key ways that in the science of mind belief that we do that. So that, I think, is why we pray. We pray for a variety of reasons. And to that end, if you don't have any particular desired outcome when you pray, you're praying exactly right. Every now and then, someone will come to me and say, well, you know, I was in foundations class, and we learned the correct way to pray so, so all those other prayers I've done, like, don't get answered? <laughs> no, not at all, of course. That indwelling God, that higher wisdom self, is always there. I, I mean, spoken, unspoken, your thoughts are always responded to. It isn't a question of praying right. The idea of the treatment is simply that if you want a certain kind of result in your life from prayer, this is a pretty good outline of how to accomplish that. Next question I wanted to address a little bit today is what happens to our prayers? And here I think separates us a little bit, the kind of prayers we do, from the prayers that a lot of people kind of do. Because often when I hear people pray outside of a, of a science of mind community, it has that sense of, of uh, beseeching, or the, as though the prayer were going out into the, you know, I don't know where, to heaven, or to some external place, hoping that someone will judge us worthy to answer the prayer. Well, of course, we don't believe that. We believe truly that all of us are worthy of having the the lives and and the love and the, the abundance and the joy that we so richly deserve. And we believe that it is God's good pleasure to give us those things always. So where do our prayers go? You know, I think they take both the shortest step and the longest step on the planet. And it's just like from here to here. (laughs) It's like, if you think about it, or maybe someone has described it from here to here. Because the idea of what's happening when we say our prayer is simply that it is going to shift our thinking enough so that we can really live it so that we can embody it, so that we can accept it in a new way. You know, it's not convincing St. Peter or someone that we're worthy, it's convincing me that I'm worthy. It's convincing me. It's going from that place in my head where my dreams are just wishful hopefuls that may or may not ever come to pass into the side or into the place in my head or in my heart. I haven't exactly, we'll get out a felt marker later and we'll figure out where we should, you know, where we should mark that in exactly. But what I know is you can kind of feel it when it happens. You can kind of feel that sense of acceptance when you have spoken your word in a powerful way around what it is you want to experience or have in your life and it simply feels right. 
It simply triggers something in you that says, yes, I can accept this. This is what is for me. This is what I shall have, or this is what I shall experience. And there's kind of no self-doubt. There's no question of whether this could happen or couldn't happen. You know, those aren't even there. It's that sense of, yes, this is now describing who I am, how I show up. It's that true shift in my mind from something that I just think would be nice into something that I accept as part of me. So where do our prayers go? They don't go anywhere. They start and they end in our own mind because the only, the only power, the only consciousness we're trying to convince of something is ours. So can prayers ever be not answered? I don't think so. The only way is that somehow you could hide your own thoughts from yourself. Well, no, I don't know. Maybe we could, we could do some philosophical talking here, right? And, and sometimes I do think people convince themselves of unworthiness when they are so very worthy, that people can convince themselves that something is not for them, even when it would be God's God's amazing good pleasure to give us the, the love and the, the life and the joy that we so, so richly deserve. I think sometimes we do talk ourselves out of those things, but it's us doing the talking out of. Truly, God is there for us, wishing us to have all the love, all the joy, all the, the utility, all the, the, the whatever, that, those wildest dreams that we talked about at the very beginning of this month, it would be God's amazing pleasure for us to see those come about. And the only one, the only one that can ever stand in the way, and the only way we can stand in the way, is right up here. It's just us. And so the idea of affirmative prayer, the idea of our science of mind prayers, is to shift our thinking in such a way that we can accept it in our heart, that we can know that it's for us. Next question sometimes I get is, well, what really empowers our prayers? And I thought the best way to talk about this, of course, would be a joke. So there are three ministers that are discussing the best positions for prayer while a telephone installer works quietly nearby. Well, kneeling is definitely best, claimed the Episcopal priest. You got to be on your knees. No, said the evangelical preacher. I get the best results when I stand with my hands outstretched to heaven. Well, you're both wrong, insists the science of mind minister. The most effective prayer position, of course, is sitting following meditation. Well... The telephone installer could contain herself no longer. Hey, she interrupted. The most effective prayer I ever did was hanging upside down from a telephone pole. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you been there? <laughs> so what is the, the effectiveness of a prayer? What is that thing that gives the prayer its power? It's our motivation, it's our energy, it's our emotional content, it's the oomph that we put into it. Now, I believe that every prayer is answered, whether it's in a quiet voice, whether it's a random thought, it, every prayer is answered. But again, if we want that effectiveness of prayer, oh my gosh, when we put some passion behind it, when there's that heartfelt sense of, yes, this is for me, and even more, <laughs> when we, to ourselves, feel that glow of what it is we're going to be or going to do or going to have, when that emotional content is there, 
Oh my word. Now, what about the externals? I do get questions now and then. Well, should I have an altar? Is there a certain place that I should pray every day? Is there a, a I know the five-step treatment that we're going to be talking about in a minute is useful, but, but what else? Should I burn incense? You know, should I be on my knees? You know, are, are there things we should do? And you know what? The answer is yes and no. Don't you hate that when a minister says the answer is yes and no? If we recognize that the only thing we're trying to do is shift our own thinking, well, what would help you shift your own thinking? Would having a quiet place in like a, a special room help you maybe organize yourself so that once or twice a day you, you come to a quiet place and you do some meditation and prayer? Then by all means have a special room and an altar. Burn some incense, whatever, right? But if that may not be something that particularly helps you, some people find walking in nature as a really opportune time to commune with their higher power. What I would tell you is only you know the right externals. And the reason that is, is because ultimately the externals don't matter. Ultimately, again, that trip is just from here to here, and that can happen at any time. Now, I will... Uh, if you will, share with you a, a general idea of something that might be worth considering. Because I too have been one that got effective results from hanging from a telephone pole. <laughs> Occasionally, something happens in our life that is like a punch to the stomach. And our prayer is motivated by getting out of some terrible circumstance or, or something that is very painful that needs to change. Sometimes a, a life-threatening illness or a life-threatening relationship will come up. And that will be the source of our prayers. And that's useful. And we can use that energy, that oomph from, from needing, really needing to have a change to be there for us. But I would like to suggest that we don't have to go through that pain. That to change our thinking, to change our lives, to set ourselves up for a, a life that is rich with, with love and with joy and with peace, we don't have to wait for something bad to happen. We don't have to wait to get that, that kick or that punch in the stomach. We can choose to regularly commune with our higher power and offer up simple prayers of, of praise and love and treatments around what we would like to see occur. Even if there's nothing going bad, nothing wrong going on or anything bad that we're experiencing. And I would suggest to you that when we do that from that proactive place, our results are just as strong. We do not have to dangle from the telephone pole. We do not have to wait for something to go bad in order to pray for something extraordinarily good. And so keep that in mind. In fact, here's what Ernest Holmes says about that idea of... Uh, of when we should pray. He says, take a time at least twice a day to be alone, to sit down, to compose your mind, and to think about God. Try to arrive at a deep sense of peace and calm, and then assume an attitude of faith in a, in a power greater than yourself. When you are ready, then it is time to give a specific treatment for yourself. 
So he does actually indicate a couple times a day, especially if we want to do that proactive form of treatment, yeah, find a place. I, I find uh, my morning practice to be of huge significance to me, and often I'll do a, a, a nice meditation, and it gets me in that frame of mind of connection, and all my, my prayers feel so powerful then. But I gotta tell you, I pray throughout the day as well. I pray when I see the, the sun peek out from between the clouds this time of year. I, I pray when I have a meeting with teenagers and have a lot of fun. I, I pray also sometimes in that hanging from the telephone wire standpoint. Not too long ago, I received a, a telephone call that I was kind of dreading. And it's like, uh, it was the caller ID. Do you ever do the caller ID thing? And it's like, Okay, I'll answer the phone. And I thought to myself, as I was answering the phone, I said to myself, this is going to be a conversation where God talks to God. I did a little prayer around recognizing that when God is talking to God, only good can come of it. That the conversation would bring about something good for both the person on the other end and myself. I did a little prayer of recognizing that communication is one of the most beautiful things on the planet. And the degree of love and the degree of acceptance that I put into it is the degree to which I will receive it. And so do I have to wait for a time, a special time to pray? Do the circumstances have to be right? Not at all. Any time that you would like to see something change, or, or not even to change, but if you just want to embrace uh, that the next five minutes is going to be a five minutes of love and peace, do a little prayer around love and peace. It is that powerful. And I will even tell you that when you're in the moment of it, there is something about the synchronicity of doing a prayer right when it's called for, when you see an accident on the freeway or, or when something uh, tragic has maybe happened, happening to someone else. There is a tremendous power in just stopping for a moment mentally and doing a prayer for yourself, for others, for loved ones, for life for the beauty of the day. Whenever it occurs to you, I say is exactly the right time. Do you need a special room? Who cares? Do you need to have a special setup or the, the right kind of nag, nag, nag champa incense? Maybe you do, maybe you don't, I don't know. Whatever motivates you to take the time out and do a prayer. Just a couple other things I want to talk to you uh, about today, and then we're going to go over this, uh, this five-step treatment thing. Um, one of it is, or, or one question that sometimes that I will get, is when is the prayer complete? Um, right? Well, it's like, well, I, I did this treatment for, let's say, a loving relationship. Well, it's not quite here yet, so should I keep praying? You know what? I think these prayers are absolutely complete on their own. I think that when we say a treatment and we accept it in our heart and have that feeling of, yes, this is what's I, what I'm going to have, the prayer is complete. It's not like an affirmation that you need to do it a hundred times every day or something like that. When you feel it complete in your head, it is complete. Now, we may have to wait a little bit. 
There's another little uh, element at work here, and especially when our prayer sometimes involves some mechanics out in the world and other people and who knows what kinds of things going on, right? We're not the only ones on the planet. There's a whole system of stuff going on there. And so sometimes, even when our prayer is heartfelt, even when our prayer is solid, even when we know that that desired outcome is ours to experience, there can be a little bit of a lag, and that's okay. Begin enjoying it already. Begin sensing that powerful ability to have what you wish to have, to do what you wish to do, and to be what you wish to be. Continue taking little steps along that, that alignment like we talked about last week. The degree to which we can live as though we already have what we desire helps that heartfelt sense of, of forward motion. It will bring about that demonstration of whatever you desire even more quickly. So don't despair. That if when the prayer is complete, the prayer is complete. I also, though, occasionally will get someone who will say, but you know what? When I said the prayer, it didn't actually feel right. There, there was something about it, like a little voice. Uh, uh, well, in fact, a couple people have said, in fact, it was my father's voice or it was my grandmother's voice, that, that little naysayer that occasionally can intrude on your thoughts. And, and people have told me, well, you know, I said the most amazing treatment. And as soon as I finished, this little voice says, yeah, but not for you, sweetie. <laughs> or, or a little voice that said, well, that may work for other people. If you get that kind of a response from your head, then maybe your prayer isn't complete. Maybe you do need to revise it a little bit, not just repeat it over and over again, because the little voice will probably just keep popping back up, right? Um, when they turn into those little jack-in-the-box things, you know, hi, you're doomed. <laughs> uh, best maybe to start over again. But what I do know is that you can come up with a prayer in your own words, in your own consciousness, that will feel right for you. That will allow that little shift in consciousness, that will allow you to take it from just a wishful, hopeful dream into something that you can see and accept and feel and hold in your own heart, in your own mind. And then it is complete. Then it might just require a little bit of waiting and that's all. The power that we put into our prayer is that heartfelt sense of acceptance. And so whatever we do, if we, can, if we can elucidate that feeling, if we can tease it out through actions, through uh, complementary beliefs, through that, that rich idea of a mental equivalent that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, any of those things that we can do to solidify that treatment, that new way of thinking in your mind is to your benefit and we'll move you forward in it. All right, so I want to talk just a little bit about your handout. What I wanted to do, because we really don't have enough time today to, to fashion treatments for all of us, which I would love to do, by the way, and, and if you take one of our classes, of course, we actually do that in class so that each person gets some experience in writing treatments. But, but no need for a, a class uh, if you're willing to take some time and do it on your own as well. And so, five-step treatment or affirmative prayer. The first step is simply to recognize that God is powerful, 
That's all it is. Recognizing that God has all of the power, all of the love, all of the joy, that everything on the, the planet, everything in the universe is part of God. And that includes the very thing, the very experience, the very way of being that you want to be. It has to because it's part of God too. So we recognize that completely infinite power of God and then we unify with it. The second step is called unification and it simply means that I am going to accept that level of power in my own life. As God is infinite love, so God's love is my love. As God is infinite abundance, the, the, the riches of the universe, so I know that richness of life can be my experience as well. We simply unify ourselves with God in that particular area that we're searching for, recognizing that God's good is also my good. The third step is simply to say to ourself what it is we want to experience. It's that place where an affirmation of our, our intended truth goes in. And whether it's one of joy, whether it's one of wholeness, whether it's one of, of peace, whether it's one of love, we take one of those themes that matches what we want to experience or what we want to be or what we want to have, and we simply write in a sentence or two, our fondest dream made real. And we say it in an affirmative way and we say it as though we already have it. We claim it. That's that step three. Now occasionally here, sometimes I will hear people, and, and here's where we're hanging from the telephone wire. Occasionally, the only trouble I ever see usually in someone's treatment is in step three. And often when you're hanging from the telephone wire, we describe the very thing that we want to get away from. And so, so here's where you want to pay attention. If your step three, your affirmation says, I want to feel less pain in my knees... Do you see the trouble with this? It may be indeed that that's the effect you want to have, but the emphasis is on the pain. The emphasis is on what you don't want to feel. So instead, when you're hanging from that telephone wire, be really clear about what you want to experience, not the, not the uh, what do I want to say, not the mercy from, from what you don't want. So instead of describing the old job and the old boss and how you want something different, describe the luscious new job and the great working conditions and the, um, the, the people that will be fun to be there with you and the benefits and things like that. Make sure as best you can that your step three is a complete affirmation of what you want, not a, not a fearful discussion of what you've already got. Because when we talk about a fear in a treatment, is that not one of those powerful emotions as well? And so if we play up the fear factor, if we play up the idea that I'm on that wire dangling for my life, if that's in our prayer, when God says yes to that, it's apt to look like more dangling. It might be out of the frying pan and into the fire. So let's make sure that our step three is affirmative, just a beautiful statement, and just a couple phrases of what it is you want to experience in the world. We follow that up with some thanksgiving. Why thanksgiving? Because in our heart, we've already got it. 
And so, of course, I'm going to be grateful for this new way of being. I'm going to be grateful for this new job or this new partner. I'm going to be grateful for the new joy that I experience. And that helps with that feeling of you've already got it. It elevates our consciousness to that place of, of gratitude and sweetness because we're, we're telling ourselves, this is for me. I've already got it. I'm already grateful for it. The last step is simply a release. It can be as simple as just saying amen or and so it is. But what we're doing is we're saying I'm turning it over. We're saying I'm not going to stew about this anymore. Because what I know will undo a prayer every time is continued worry about your existing condition. And so there's something, something sweet. There's something powerful about saying I'm finished with this. Here's my treatment. I'm finished. I simply await the evidence out in the world. I'm not going to stew about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm simply complete with it. And that also, I think, will help you feel that sense of completion, that sense of, yes, this is mine. So that's our five-step uh, affirmative prayer or treatment, if you like. Um, we have some handouts because I thought you might want, want to take a look at these at home. One side has the steps on it. The other side, uh, just a sample treatment to give you an idea of what a treatment about abundance might like. Just a couple other things that I want to mention today. Uh, and then we'll uh, talk about a little homework and a, and a little closing here. Um, I think I want to go back to where we started. Is there a wrong kind of prayer? Because I do know that as soon as I start explaining steps and things like that, some of you are kind of hazing over into this. So you're telling me that, that God won't like me or God won't respond to me unless I do this thing in a certain way. And, 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 I, and I'm sorry. If, if somehow I give you that impression... Um, believe me, that's not my intent. The idea of showing you this thing that we call treatment is simply that for some of your prayers, it may be important that you get a response that allows your world to have a meaningful change in it. If that is true for you, I simply offer this up as something that I would recommend trying out. One of the things that I do love about Ernest Holmes and throughout, in fact, the book that we're talking about is he's one of those guys, those kind of try it and see if you like it guys. And so he's always suggesting, you know, try meditation. Try this idea of being different in the world. Try doing affirmations. And, and I would say to you, the same is true for this idea of the five-step affirmative prayer. Give it a try. Are your other prayers going to be answered? Of course they are. Are your other ways and interactions with God going to be effective? Is, does somehow have this have a bearing on my meditations or my other spiritual practices? Oh my gosh, I just want to celebrate how each one of us connects in with our higher wisdom self. So, so don't think that if you don't do this, somehow you're in the out crowd or something like that. But I would say give it a try. I've been doing affirmative prayers in my own life for about, about 15 years now, and I have seen some dramatic things change in my life, some extremely 
powerful changes have happened in my own consciousness. And I would say this has been the most powerful tool that I have for doing that. The tool itself was, uh, was created uh, close to 100 years ago. Thousands and thousands of science of mind and religious science and divine science people have been using this tool to bring about changes in their life. You could benefit from this. I'm going to close today. Tiny bit of homework. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> what I would love to have happen is for you to take your, your handouts home with you and over the kitchen table or, or someplace where, where, where you do some of your, uh, your work uh, to just take a piece of blank paper, look at the steps from the handout, and write out a treatment for yourself that would describe your fondest desire made real in the world. So that's your homework, if, if you're willing to do it. I think you might be pleasantly blown away by the results. <laughs> All right, let's close today. Oh, the other thing I didn't mention about this cool book is so the last, uh, I don't know, close to 50 pages are all samples of treatments, which I think is a lovely thing to have in a book. And so today, rather than doing a closing prayer of my own creation, I'm going to finish with a few of Ernest Holmes' words, and then I'm going to read one of his prayers. Through affirmative thinking, you are able to clear your mind of negative thoughts, fears, and doubts. You do this if you are to become aware of the presence, the peace, and the harmony of God that is within and around you. All the good you desire awaits your acceptance of it, but you cannot experience it if you simultaneously deny it. The key to right thinking, the key to right living is in the steady affirmative pattern of belief that only God's good enters your life now and always. So let us pray. There is one power, and God is all of that power, all presence and all peace. I now unify myself with that power. I have faith enough to believe that God is perfect and that nothing unlike that perfection could be in my life ever. And so peace and happiness, joy and contentment always walk with me. I am surrounded by divine right action and it flows through my every experience of life. Gratefully, I, I brush aside every doubt or fear that enters my mind. I resolutely accept only the wonderful things of the kingdom of God here, now, and always. God is the power that there is. It is the presence that there is. It is all the life that there is. And only that which is of the nature of God enters my life. And so it is. Thank you for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, 
You can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.